0: The Fake Show podcast is brought to you by Hash House A the law firm of Hutchison & Stefan, Brew City Brand Apparel, The thefoodconnectionlv.com, and by Mr. Antenna.
1: It's The Fake Show with Jim Tofte.
0: Well, hard to believe it was 10 years ago this week, comedian George Carlin, who was a Las Vegas regular for 40 years, gave his final public performance at the Orleans. Seven days later, he died of heart failure in California at the age of 71. On this throwback episode of The Fake Show, we go way back to the days of the Johnson and Tofty show on that one station that used to be good. And a great visit with one of our comedy heroes. Enjoy show
2: George Carlin. Yeah, yeah, how are
1: you? Are Hi, George? How
2: about you, sir? Pretty good. It's an honor to have you on the program this morning.
1: Thank you, good to be on.
2: Yeah, good deal. You uh, have been in the business a very long time. Hey, how come you don't run out of jokes? Uh,
1: I don't know. We're uh, starting
2: with the dumb questions and moving into the smart ones later. Yeah, I don't mind it's then.
1: been 36 years. I've done uh, nine of those wow. HBO shows, and I just uh, I love what I do, so that I guess it flows huh. in easily.
0: Well, your shows here are uh, are so well Received uh, the shows at Bally's, Thank you. and uh, it just seems to me because I've seen uh, I've seen your show now probably four times in the last two or three years, and it just seems that it's always fresh and uh, the crowd loves you. Yeah, you seem to have found a home here.
1: Well, the nice thing about see, I do about 150 shows a year, okay, and I generally work in theaters and in concert halls, but. Uh, Las Vegas is good because it gives me a chance to stay out of the airport and settle down for two weeks. Yeah, I can write. I can have my family with me, and uh, the audiences come to me instead of me going to them.
2: I was going to ask when. When do you get a chance to write? This is it, because otherwise you'd just be doing observational stuff about (laughs) motel soap and.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I've been I've been saving thoughts and collecting files for a long time, probably you know thirty or more years since I started. Sure, and uh, and I'm I'm sort of anal about filing them and classifying them and categorizing them and keeping track of them. So, I, I you know, I just have a, a broad amount of stuff to draw from, and uh, it keeps growing.
0: Are you constantly uh, still, uh, you know, taking notes on uh, oh, yeah. stuff that you see?
1: Yeah, I, I, I probably produce about, you know, 10 or 12 pieces of paper a day. Unbelievable. And half of it, I, I think, is, is really good, and the other half I hate to throw away because it might get good.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you give it a little more thought, a little time, a little yeah, distance. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. How, how big is the list grown of words that you're not supposed to be able to say?
1: Well, I don't really uh, <laughs> do that as a routine, except sometimes at the end of the show, I do a short list of, of just one category. But I have a poster that we sell that has 2,443. Oh, my, oh, my God. Filthy, <laughs> wow. filthy words and phrases. We also have a booklet and a T-shirt with 2,000. So we're, we're uh, merchandising hey. filth. Very no, good. Well that's great. I had no idea it had gotten that yeah. large. I knew it was yeah. in the hundreds. But... Well I got uh, I got interested in it, and uh, being anal, you know, I had, <laughs> I had to look in every book that's there was one of them. And, and everybody who gave it uh-huh. to me or sent them to me and I just classified them and, and put them in a list.
2: What is one of the funniest words you're not supposed to be able to say that you can think of?
1: Um, nah. shooting putty at the moon. Ah. <laughs> Which men will know about.
0: Yeah. Oh, 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 that's good. I like that. Hey, you know, uh, as far as words are concerned, you know, on radio, for instance, it's kind of cloudy what you can and cannot say anymore. I, I know. Mean, it. The, uh, the FCC has, isn't very clear on the
1: issue. Well, you know, uh, that, that original ruling was uh, based on my recording, uh, That the original case. A lot of people call them the seven dirty words. Right. The, the routine was called Seven Words You Can Never Say on TV. Uh-huh. And that one went to the Supreme Court. Uh, I, I, my record was played by a station in New York, and the FCC lodged a, uh, Someone lodged a complaint with the FCC, and they fined the station. The station fought it out in court, court, and they won a couple of times, and then they lost in the Supreme Court. So I am a, um, a historical footnote. How about that? I'm a legal curiosity, and <laughs> among other types. And uh that thing has stood up as uh, indecent language, not obscene but indecent. And then of course the, I added a few and then it, it got bigger. And now it's it's very amorphous. It's very hard to tell what time of day you can say something and you can't. And if you're Stephen Botchko you can say something, or if you're Ted right. Koppel, you can play it. Right. But all of these kind of loose that just shows how ridiculous the whole thing is, I think.
0: You know, uh, watching T V land Nickelodeon's uh, uh Network, they're yeah. kind of splinter network. Saw you on a recent episode of uh, or uh, That Girl.
1: Oh, yeah, one of my big high points. How about yeah, that? <laughs> that was, uh, that was yeah. what you would call a breakout performance. I was, I was just <laughs> petrified. I was so frightened. I, I thought I would become an actor real easily. I thought that was my birthright. Right. Uh-huh. Just to move right into acting there in the mid 60s when my, my comedy career was good and hot. Sure. And I had a big disappointment to deal with. I couldn't act, I had no technique, oh. Oh. I had no training, I had some instincts, but. But they weren't enough.
2: But let me, let me ask you. I saw you as uh, the the big na- in the big neighbor role in Prince of Tides. Yeah.
1: Well, now that's years years later yeah. when I, I, I begin. You know, I have some a certain amount of self confidence. Yeah. About who I am and and how, where I belong. And so that and the Streets of Laredo last fall on CBS, which was a western thing where I played wow. a dramatic role. I you did a great that. job
2: in that Prince of Tides. Thank
1: you. I, I was very happy with it, and I now find I can act, but, uh, <laughs> but, I, but what happens is I was forced into becoming a comedian, for a, a serious comedian, you know, to really stay at it and work, and I'm so happy that happened.
0: Well, yeah. my, my kids, uh, to tell you what a good actor you are, they really think that you are a conductor.
1: Shining time stage. How about Absolutely. that, huh? Yeah, that's yeah. a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Now, uh, one of the things about in your bio that we were looking over, we didn't realize uh, that you used to be paired up with uh, Jack Jack Burns. Burns. Yeah, Burns
1: and Carlin. We worked for two years together back in the early 60s and had some very good fortune. We were on the uh, Jack Carr show very early in our career. We made an album. And in two years, we managed to do a lot. And then, uh, you know, I had always had in mind to be a single, and Jack wanted to get into acting, so he went to Second City.
2: Because the two of us are hoping, you know, that one of us will break out after he discovers pot like you did. Oh, nah, good.
1: <laughs> well, actually, I discovered that when I was 13. Oh, there you go. So, wow. so that's, I, I was really funny when I was a kid, though. Here's another dumb question.
2: What's your favorite album of all the ones you put out?
1: Well, I always am I'm, uh, most impressed, if I can use that word, with my latest work. The latest stuff I've been doing, the last two home box office shows, uh-huh. 96 this year. Uh, which will uh, it's been on already five times they'll run it again in the fall and the cd comes out in september that one's called back in town that's the work i love the most but sentimentally i think uh, class clown or fm and am the first two of the real hot streak i had
0: what kind of stuff are you uh, observing today that uh that you could talk about
1: well, uh, you know, it's it's always just um it's it's there's three areas I draw from. I guess you you're trying to lead me a little bit here. But uh yeah,
0: sure. I
1: um I'm always drawing from three areas. Uh, you know, in my show at the, at the uh here in Las Vegas, I try to mix three things. I do some things from uh the English language I do some things from the little world, what I think of as a little world, like, you know, picking things out of your body and looking at them. Uh. And then (laughs) the larger world, which is like the death penalty and men and women and people who kill each other and stuff. Yeah. Sure. But do you guys do a lot of sports on this station? Uh, A little bit, yeah. Our sportscast is called Grits and Shins. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. And I heard that earlier in the morning. Right. In basketball, I mean, to really speed the game up, have a little more fun, I think there should be a gasoline fire at half court. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh.
1: You know. <laughs> Talking about a really fast break. Oh that this would be great. This would help the game a lot, especially in one sided games. I think if you make a shot from more than half court it should be 50 points. Yeah. And I hey. think it was really, you know, at the end of a game when you're down 25 or so, you just keep, stay out there and just keep shooting them up and have a couple <laughs> guys under the basket to feed them back to you. And they can make it. Yeah, bookies will love it. 25 points for a ball that goes in off an opponent's head. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I also think that basketball players should be allowed to have their girlfriends help them on defense. Uh, yeah. In the last quarter. Or, or maybe, and, and uh, well, on football. Uh, in football, I think we should leave the injured on the field.
0: Yeah, <laughs> leave them out
1: there. These guys are supposed to be tough. Let them lie out there. You just jump over of them and run around them. Towards the end of the game, it would be kind of interesting. And maybe in the last quarter, the players should be allowed to use weapons. Yeah, I'm thinking of this. and the winning team should be allowed to spike the losing coach. but you see i I learned about sports i got i got out of it because it really bothered me a lot when my i'm a new york fan Uh and it's a sentimental attachment to any team that's from new york it's just it's kind of it's more psychological than it is a sports routine. Uh uh-huh and but but they disappoint you so often you know i mean one out of one out of ten years you're going to get a pennant or a world series or something or a, a championship so The Harlem Globetrotters is now my team. (laughs) There you go. I never have to worry about the
0: postseason. Yeah.
2: Now, you used to do a sports character, Biff Burns. Was that a tip of the hat to Jack? Uh,
1: Well, we called it Biff Burns at first, but then uh, we realized that Bob and Ray had a character called Biff Burns. All right. So So we changed it to Biff Barf. Biff Barf. Biff (laughs) Barf, picking him up and barfing him right back at you. That's right. Here's a partial score, Cincinnati 5. There you go.
2: Uh, Bob and Ray are such heroes to me that I actually have a tattoo of Bob and Ray on my left arm.
1: That's great. Now uh, I've, n- I've never heard that. I have all, I have all those old. Uh, do you have all those old cassettes that they're selling? Absolutely, now? the yeah. public yeah. radio. Yeah, it's fantastic. so great.
0: It's yeah. so great. So what's coming up for you, George? Is there another HBO special in the planning? Well,
1: I just finished one in March. That was my ninth. You know, it takes a couple of years to get this stuff together. Yeah. So I'm just starting to work on things now and put them in shape and get them on stage and. I'm just out there doing my uh, my usual thing. Like I say, every weekend I'm out on the road in some city or town, and uh, and then I get the rest here a little bit and do a kind of an easier life for two weeks. So right. I'll be here another weekend, a couple of days. We go through next I, Wednesday. I've seen you uh,
0: walking around at the Valley's gift sh- gift shop with your dog or something. I yeah, little Mo. That.
1: Well, he's yeah. not with me this time. When Brenda comes down, she might bring him with her. Oh, very cool. Yeah, He's a good little guy.
2: Well, I oh. can't tell you how happy we are that you're so comfortable oh. here in town and uh, that you spent a couple minutes with us this morning. We appreciates sure appreciate that.
1: Well, I thank you, and, and thanks for the chance to plug the show. No and, problem. And next time you come in while I'm there, make yourself known, please, and let's uh, shoot the crap a little bit up in the dressing room. <laughs> we'll, we'll do that, George. We'll
0: shoot the putty and all that stuff. There you man. go. <laughs> Johnson and Tofty on the Classic Rock Station.
1: 96.3 KKLZ.
0: And by the way, George Carlin had been booked to return to the Orleans in August of 2008. I do hope that you enjoyed our tribute to one of the greats in comedy. I'm Jim Tofty. I'll see you back here next time.
1: Take the fake show on the road by listening on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com.